We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome into another edition of Mind on My Money presented by Pinnacle. I'm Neil McCready, Martin Palomo from Pinnacle with me today as well. It is a Thursday as we always pretty much always record on Thursday. So hope you are having a uh, good end of your week as you listen to this. And uh, we appreciate you making us a part of your week. The numbers indicate that you do. And we appreciate that. Thank you. Uh I'll tell you real quick, I'm coming to you from the Clark Ford Studios. Clark Ford's in Amory, Mississippi, 662-257-1900 is the number. Call it. Ask for Corey Clark. Tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for. He'll send you a quote within 15 minutes in business hours. Right to the bottom line, no hassle, no haggle. You get your quote. The rest completely up to you. You can shop it around. You can do what I've done, but I recommend that you do, and that's hop into a Clark Ford today, 662-257-1900. Uh, and Martin, before we get rolling on whatever it is that we're going to talk about today, uh, what's going on at Pinnacle? Man, um, we are good news. Uh, you know, it's, it's funny. You always hear, I've never done any construction before or built a house or anything like that, but always people have done, it's like, they always, it's overages and delays. And, uh, we're, so we were supposed to move into our office, our new office, um, at the Butler snow building in Ridgeland. Um, at the Renaissance, they said November 1st, when we signed our contract, our lease agreement. So I was like, all right, we'll probably be in by the beginning of the year. Uh, dude, it looks like we're going to be in November 1st, which is kind of wild. Um, yeah, we'll do a big open house and Hey, any of our, any of our listeners to the show or I'll, I'll, I'll keep, I'll keep our listeners up to date. If they want to come, come by, see the new digs. Uh, maybe I'll have a cameo by, by my boy, Neil. Uh, you know, where you can meet him live and, and live in color. Yeah. Uh, but no, man, things are, things are kind of in, things are good around here. Um, you know, markets are crazy, but I can't control that. Um, but you know, we're, we're still like, we had meetings this morning. Folks were a little bit nervous because, you know, port, their portfolio was down about 13%. Um, global markets down 25 bonds are down 15. So they're still ahead of, ahead of pace, but, uh, you know, we did cash flows with them. And as funny as they were leaving, the wife said the husband almost wanted to cancel the meeting because he had so much anxiety about what the numbers were going to look like. And the numbers are what they are. But we did a really good job of protecting on the downside. But when they left, like we went through the cash flows and I told him, I was like, look, there's probably a lot of things that you have to occupy your mind and your 
anxieties and other decisions that you need to make, but like running out of money or the risk of running out of money is not one of them. And uh, she was like, I'm so glad we didn't cancel the meeting and we came on. And, you know, and I think a lot of folks really, that's the missing piece. If they have a lot of anxiety about what their investment portfolio is looking at, it's because you're looking at today, the moment in time and not looking out, you know, however long your horizon is to retirement. And I think that's, that's what can give people a lot of peace of mind is, is having a good plan in place. You know, I, the risk of getting political here, I haven't panicked. Don't do it. <laughs> I, I haven't panicked yet. Yeah. I mean, if November comes though, and let me be clear what I'm saying here. If November comes and let's say in a scenario where the Democrats hold the, the hold Congress, both, both things. Yeah. I'm going to start getting worried. Yeah. Because this administration has shown a uh, a desire, frankly, to be radical. And I don't think our country, whether from the right or the left, does particularly well when we're radical. No, I agree with that. And, and all from but, either side. Yeah, I said um, right or left. Yeah. 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 No, I I was I know I was just agree I was yeah. agreeing with you. Yeah. I, uh, so I'm It's I'm, not good. Generally the middle of the road or gridlock, you know, moderacy um, or moderation and gridlock is is good for for everybody because um, you know there's there's checks and balances, uh, and you know what happens when there's not checks and balances, which is kind of funny. Um, I didn't realize this, but September fifteenth through October fifteenth is National Hispanic Heritage Month, which of course you know we've said on the show several times. My my family is Cuban. I'm first generation American. Um, on my dad's side. And so our lady who does our, uh, social media, her name's Allison Muirhead. She's really awesome. Uh, shameless plug for her. Uh, she does our social media in photos and, and does a lot of our communication stuff. And she was like, Hey, let's tell your family story. And I'm sitting here looking at my desk, Neil, you can't see it, but like all the pictures from, uh, my family's, you know, history. And even in Cuba, and I'm looking at one where my grandfather, here I'm gonna I'm gonna show you. Is this? I know our listeners can't see it, but this is a a, yeah. a dinner table. My grandfather's in the middle. That's at a Batista dinner in Cuba, where uh, Batista was kind of a you know a social democrat um, in Cuba before Castro took over, and life was good. And all of those guys sitting at that table, that was taken in, I think it was 1953. Uh, yep, April 29th of 1953. So six years later all those dudes had nothing. Their bank accounts were seized. Their land was taken. Their farms were taken. Their businesses were taken. And that's what happens when extremes, you know, gets into power. So uh, it's kind of funny that we're talking about, you know, it's generally good for countries or economies when, when there's balance, because when there's not balance, you know, Cuba happens and Castro happens. Yes, for sure. No, I mean, it's, but to the point, I mean, I, I, I'm not even, I'm not freaking out about 401ks and all of that stuff, but four more years of, of this, and I probably will, if I'm honest. Yeah, I know. So our hedges, let's just say that happens. Let's say the House and the, and the Senate stay, uh, you know, stay to the left. Uh, our hedges probably go up. We probably pull a little bit more of our, um, our fixed income exposure to cash. Uh, we probably pull some of our stock exposure, even though we're down 
and it's not a good time to do it, we probably pull some of that um, to cash as well, or either just increase our hedges in that space, just because it's going to create more uncertainty and uncertainty, not from, um, you know, uh, that who's going to be in power, but uncertainty on what policies are going to come in place, how much more money is going to be pumped, you know, into the economy and forms of handouts that really create more inflation, which means the Fed is going to have to continue to raise interest rates to fight the inflation uh, monster. And so, yeah, that's a, you know, that's a, that's a possibility that, you know, it's, I think it's kind of a long shot possibility, but it's a, it's a possibility that, you know, could come into fruition. Yeah, it could. I mean, I I don't know what polling to trust at this point, if I'm honest. I, I, I don't, I don't know. What's that site that you, uh, it's been four years since I've looked at it. Trafalgar. Pardon me. What is it? It's Trafalgar. I'll pull him up. No, it wasn't that one. It was like numbers when we were looking at general. Election. Oh, uh, 539. Boom. Is there polling on there or no? Uh, I haven't looked. I on this. That's why you can tell uh, I haven't looked at it in a couple of years. 538.com. Uh, so I'm pulling it up now. Um, Senate forecast updated this morning. 32% chance that the Republicans win the Senate. 68% chance that the Democrats hold on to the Senate. In the House, it's a 69% chance that the Republicans win the House. A 31% chance that the uh, Democrats hold the House. Uh, Let's see. Yeah, so I guess it makes it, it does make that a little bit of a tough uh, to see that the left would win both, but really for true gridlock, you need the Republicans to have the house and the Senate for true gridlock. Yeah. Let's see. And I mean, I don't know how much they would be able to get through passed into law, you know, with one of the, with, if the house was Republican and the Senate was, was Democrat, but it would just be, uh, we wouldn't get anything done, but it would just be bickering and fighting. So uh, the next time we do one of these shows, it's going to be October. So uh, we're getting close. This is from, uh, I guess this is Nate Silver. Democrats currently have the lead in the race for the Senate. This is in part because in a few key races, Republicans have selected weak candidates, which is something that Mm. I I think this is something that is not getting talked enough about by Republicans. This is the influence of Trump on, on races. And frankly, it's a negative influence. Hurting their chances of taking the chamber in November, but as editor-in-chief Nate Silver writes, Republicans still have plenty of potential opportunities for pickups. The party's best chance is currently in Georgia. Those odds would obviously change, though, if Republicans or Democrats were guaranteed to win certain states, play around with Mm. different scenarios. Let's see. So I'll pull up what he's talking about. Yeah, I mean, the Georgia one was one that just caught me by so much off guard and by so much surprise, you know, two years ago. So could not believe that both of those seats went left. You know, I I would have died on that hill. Here's what's interesting is before the Roe v. Wade uh, overturn, there was an 85% chance that the Republicans would win the house and a 51% chance they'd win the Senate. Dang. Tells you uh, just how influential that was. Yeah. I mean, well, because I mean, 
they're pandering or your people that you're getting to make moves is not your, is not your base. I mean, that's your, your more moderate folks, uh, that will swing, that could swing the election. So yeah, I can see how Roe v. Wade would have, you know, maybe turned a moderate person off from, from, from voting for the Republicans. I'm looking to see if I can get this. So the Democrats have an 80% chance of holding between 48 and 54 seats. Um, the Republicans, I'm looking to see if I can get into that. Um, yeah, the Republican chances on June 1st were 60% of control. For the Senate? Yep. Jesus. And that is that is really fallen. Um, and it's fallen down to 20 did you, wait, did you say the Democrats had an 80% chance of keeping uh, 48 to 54 seats? Yeah, 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 48 to 54. But it's it's 68% chance of, of of keeping the Senate. So the races that are – there's a bunch of races here. If you have a, a state in particular that you want to ask about, I can I can pull it up. Uh, I'm, I have not read up enough to know which states would really be the ones in contention. So the ones um, other than the Georgia one, the interesting one is Herschel Walker versus Raphael Warnock in Georgia. That's one of the interesting ones. And and it. Right now, Warnock has a 54 and 100 chance of winning, so 54 percent chance. Um, Nevada is Laxalt is the Republican. Cortez Masto is the Democrat. Cortez Masto holds a 54 percent lead. Wisconsin is is uh, leaning heavily Republican. So is North Carolina. So is Ohio. Yeah. So uh, but I would kind of expect that. And here's one Wisconsin. Here's, here's one that drives me crazy, Martin. Okay, this is what's wrong with America. This is not a Republican comment. This is not a Democratic comment. This is a, an American comment. And I think you know me pretty well, and so I think you'll vouch for me here, Doctor Oz. Remember him? The talk talk show? Eyes. Yeah, yeah. Dude, yeah. He, he is the Republican nominee for Senate in Pennsylvania. It's a big state. A lot of people in Pennsylvania. Yep. Fetterman is the Democratic candidate. Fetterman, if you watch him on the trail, has very clearly had a stroke. Fetterman is is a walking vegetable. He's going to win. Why is he winning? Well, he's winning because the Republicans are running a terrible candidate. But he shouldn't be a candidate. We've got to do better than this. It's what people, younger people look at this and go, this is just a game. Nobody even cares. He should not be running. He's not fit to run. Well, it doesn't sound like either candidate are fit to run. Well, Oz is just a bad candidate. He's, sure. he's fit to run, but he's a terrible candidate. And so, if the, if, but what happened is he's a Trump right wing guy, a, a, a populist, instead of them running someone that was kind of a traditional moderate Republican. And I know everybody hates that, but that's what they should have done. And they didn't, and they're going to pay for it. Um, Marco Rubio is going to be reelected in Florida. Um, Chuck Grassley is getting reelected in Iowa. Um, Side note, rabbit trail real quick. Sure. 
do you think that the hurricane in Florida helps uh, DeSantis show that, like, as, assuming that he doesn't just totally botch the, yes, um, you know, botch the recovery of of the state? Which I mean, he's look, he's done a. I I like him as a as a human, and I like him as a as a leader. Um, assuming that he doesn't completely botch this, do you think that catapults him even higher in in uh, for November for a general election? Absolutely, I think it shows that that um, that he leads that he can manage. Chaos. This, is, this is his opportunity, and it's also an opportunity to screw it up. But right, but in the event that Florida recovers quickly and effectively and power is restored quickly and all of those things. Yes. It, it's, it's yet another opportunity for him to, uh, to show that he can lead. Um, so do you think that causes Trump some harm from being top of the ticket? Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I think so. Look, I, I don't, I don't get the Trump thing. And, and, and I mean, dude, I, I don't, I'm not on board with the Trump thing. I'm really, I'm on board with DeSantis. Um, I'm curious who is, do you think, do you think it, they, he would pick like Nikki Haley for a running mate or he, is that? I think, I think he would be advised to go with a, a female um, running mate. If he, if he were to get the nomination, I think Nikki Haley would be on the short list. There's a couple of governors out there that make a lot of sense. Um, I'm sure there are other people that I'm not aware of that that makes sense, but those those all would make sense. Where I think DeSantis has a real opportunity against Trump is I think DeSantis can attack Trump on his response to COVID, and when Trump says, "Well, what would you have done?" He says, "Well, I would have done what I did in Florida." What I did, right? <laughs> and unlike so many other people who, um, you know couldn't they, they can criticize using hindsight he can criticize going well here's what we did in florida yeah and he's got the numbers to back that up That's he does why I, why I really like him and if you can combine that with hey look we had a massive almost category five storm hit our state and here's how quickly we responded yep i mean i think that's that's noteworthy yep i, I mean i kind of not that this just sounds awful coming out of my mouth i probably shouldn't even say it but I'm going to anyway, it's almost if, if he handles it well, it's almost like this hurricane was a gift to him a month before they'll really start campaigning for the general. Yeah, I hate to go that strong because people died. And um, are have there been deaths? Uh, I, I haven't would, looked at. I would assume I haven't looked at it at, at numbers or anything. I mean, I have a couple I have clients in in the storm's path and I've checked on them and they're in good shape. But I mean, yeah, you're probably right. I'd make assumptions, but. I mean, you watch, I haven't heard. You watch the storm surge, and it's hard for me to believe that nobody perished. Yeah. True, but you know, I mean, he's—I think he's a really good leader. I do. So I like him a lot. I—I uh, I I, I'm on record here, and if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I don't think Donald Trump can win. I don't think he can win re-election. I mean, an election. I don't want him to win. I just don't think he can. I mean, depends on who is. People say, would you be for him? Well, it depends on who he's against. I mean, if he's against Biden, yes. Yeah, true. You know, the the Democrats, what I had hoped for, if I'm honest, for two reasons. I don't like, I don't like where we're going with, um, as a country with racial politics. Um, I, I think it's dangerous. Identity politics. I think it's really, really dangerous. 
Um, what I'd hoped for was that the Republicans would win the House, they would win the Senate, things would get bogged down, the Democrats would go look at Biden and go, okay, nope, you can't run. You can't run. We're going to knock you out. We're going to go. We're going to let you finish your term, but we're going to go get somebody that's a little less controlled, less radical. We're going to get closer to the center. We're going to try to win back independent voters, and that we would get a quality Democratic candidate against DeSantis, and then let the chips fall where they may in a situation where things were a little calmer. I think our so country has who, to calm down. So who is that? Well, the, 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 listen, both sides have this massive issue we've talked about this before yeah the republicans have this ready-made candidate think about our country over the last i don't know since 1980 and you probably could go beyond ronald reagan was governor of california bill clinton was governor of arkansas Uh, george w bush was the governor of, of texas we've done well with governors yeah. Nice and steady. Are those people perfect? Of course not. Did they do bad things? Of course. Did they make mistakes? Yeah, people didn't like them. But as a whole, as a whole, the 80s were pretty good. The Bush years were pretty good. The Clinton years were pretty good. Everybody, everybody prospered. But now what we have is we have this ready-made candidate in DeSantis, and I think a lot of people think if Trump runs, he can't win the nomination. Why? Because he's not far right enough. And then on the other side, you have the far left of the left running the party and anybody who would be a moderate democrat can't win can't win the nomination and so if we keep sprinting to the margins and every four years or every eight years we just basically have a regime change that comes in and punishes the other side we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. 
No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. That won't work. That doesn't work. I agree with that. Well, so who, who, and I guess maybe you're, if you're talking about governors, so Gavin Newsom is the only governor that I'm aware of from the left that at least has, is, 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 uh, is an, is an option. Well, I mean, I'm sure there are other qualified Democratic governors that could be putting the, put their name in the hat. I don't know who they are. I haven't done the research. Uh, I'm pulling some stuff up. Let's see. Top 10. This is Washington Post. <laughs> Here we go. This I, is lo- interesting. I love technology. Top 10 candidates from the Democratic side. Again, this is the Washington Post. Uh, let's see. Number 10. <laughs> Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. No. Next. Number nine, Roy Cooper. He is the governor of uh, North Carolina. He is a longtime former state attorney general. Had to be talked into running for governor in 2016. Number eight. Oh, this would be interesting. Gretchen Whitmer, the Michigan governor. She, this, this, the trial thing. But Michigan governor checks a lot of boxes as a well-regarded proven commodity in a swing state. If she can win her 2020 re-election, 2022 re-election race, no easy proposition in this environment, the Washington Post says, she'll likely vault up the list. All right, so Gretchen Whitmer's number eight. Number seven, Gavin Newsom, the governor of California. Okay. Number six, Bernie Sanders. Nope. Number. See, this is but you're starting to get into radical. Number five, yep. Elizabeth Warren, senator nope. from Massachusetts. Next. Number four. Amy Klobuchar, the uh, best hope for the senator from Minnesota, might okay. be Biden recovers but decides not to run anyway. Her political profile is somewhat similar, similar to Biden's. Number three, Vice President Kamala Harris. Negative. Number two, Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg. Negative. And number one, the President of the United Negative. States, Joe Biden. All right, so... That's my point. Klobuchar is Amy Klobuchar not as dirty, but winning a national election. Um, let's do. So you got let's do got Ron what, Ron Cooper from North Carolina. Yep, Cooper. Uh, so we got and Gavin Newsom uh, in Klobuchar. California. And Klobuchar. All right, so let's. So do essentially, the- we have Ron Cooper and Gavin Newsom, but Gavin Newsom. I mean, and I know you've said this before, and and I'm not trying to sound like an echo chamber for you. That would be kind of fun to watch uh, the fallout of Gavin Newsom versus Ron DeSantis. Uh, Yes. Yes. All right. You know, and I guess the thing about North Carolina with Ron Cooper, I mean, dude, North Carolina is a booming state. Uh, You don't hear, I haven't heard, you don't don't hear a lot of craziness come out of North Carolina. Um, So I guess for Ron Cooper, in my eyes, no crazy news is good for him. And there's probably some out there, but he's just not a name that popped up where I'm like, Oh my gosh, not that guy. All right. So here's the Republicans. 
Number 10, Donald Trump Jr. Obviously, obviously only applies in a scenario where his father doesn't run. Some shows, some polls show him running as high as second. Uh, come on. I just, come I on. mean, come is on. the right smoking crack? Yes, both sides are. That's what you're. Well, I mean, we know. Yes, yes. Yes. Sorry, that was a. That was a. The the answer is yes. Both sides. Yes. Here's the problem. Both sides are sprinting to the to their to the margins because they are their their messaging is strictly to their base. Number nine, Mike Pompeo, the former Secretary of State. Showing all the signs of a guy who will run. Those includes running digital ads in Iowa and South Carolina. He recently became one of the highest profile Trump officials to testify to the House Committee investigating J6. And afterward, he seemed to temper his denial about having discussed removing Trump from office using the 25th Amendment, saying merely that it hadn't been discussed seriously. Okay. Okay. Number eight. Senator Rick Scott from Florida, uh, often dismissed because of his awkward personal style, but he's been positioning himself at the national stage by launching his own platform. If Republicans can win back the Senate, perhaps Scott gets some credit as head of the GOP's campaign arm. Um, That position is a double-edged sword, though, given it's quite possible Republicans blow a good opportunity. Number seven, Nikki Haley, former U.N. ambassador, South Carolina governor, on paper is a very real contender, the Washington Post says. Again, this is the Washington Post. The Washington Post. Um, She's down a little from where she had been before, according to this. Number six, uh, Senator Ted Cruz from Texas, who was a candidate the last time, has been out front in criticizing the FBI's search of Trump including an early push for the search warrant. He has also floated impeaching Attorney General Merrick Garland, said the FBI, FBI agents have been turned into stormtroopers. I don't think Cruz can win. <laughs> stormtroopers. I mean, I, I I love the fact that they used one of my favorite movies to to describe him because the stormtroopers were, I mean, that's not a, that's not a compliment. Uh, so that means the FBI is incompetent and can't do their job number five uh this is is interesting it's an interesting name the virginia governor glenn youngkin who uh just won election in 2020 says it seems like a bit of a stretch for someone to launch a presidential campaign just a year into his one term as governor but he's clearly putting himself in the mix and 2022 could play into his hands so how does he come in above nikki haley Here's what they say. Imagine a world in which flawed candidates cost the GOP winning winnable races and possibly the Senate in states such as Arizona, Georgia, Ohio, or Pennsylvania. That's what's happened. At that point, the guy whose 2021 win was supposed to be a roadmap for the party, a roadmap disregarded in the Senate primaries, might look pretty attractive. This is kind of what I've been saying here, which is Youngkin ran as a common sense moderate Republican in a state that is more blue than it is red, but is more purple than it is blue. Yeah. Well, I would say Northern Virginia, the Fairfax County, Arlington County is leans is, is left leaning. Of course, that's where the population is Metro DC. 
and pretty much the rest of Virginia, maybe minus the rich minus Richmond, is very Republican. So you know, like if he, this is listen, kudos to the Washington Post. They just nailed what I was trying to say, which is why they work at the Washington Post, and I don't. Um, <laughs> they said that that's right, right? You saw Young can win. Virginia, a state that people said, well, a Republican can't win it. He ran it as he won it as a very moderate Republican. Yeah. Things like, hey, I'm, we're, we're going to let you have control over what happens in your in your kids schools. Basic stuff that most people agree with that that independents agree with independents go, you know what? I, I don't like this radical stuff in schools. I don't like that. So he ran on that and he won. And then a year later, the GOP is running these Senate races with Trump people, and they're losing. So maybe that would lead to a soul-searching and them looking at a guy like Youngkin and moving forward. Number four, uh, Senator Tim Scott from South Carolina. He's faced some criticism from the right for his endorsement of moderate Senator Lisa Murkowski, a Republican from Alaska says, but if anyone can get past that kind of thing, it might be the broadly liked South Carolina senator. He's also raising massive sums, $9.6 last quarter, for what should be an easy re-election bid, and he can use that money to run for president. His recently published book included a blurb that said he was preparing a presidential run, but the publisher later said it was an error and that Scott had not approved that line. All right, so here we go. Number three, former Vice President Mike Pence, who offered some interesting comments in his J6 committee when he testified. He said the American people have a right to know what happened. He'd walked a fine line on criticizing Trump for that day. Uh, He said we shouldn't expect him to thoroughly denounce the man who picked him as vice president, but he's certainly got a vested interest in the party moving in a different direction. The hard part is facilitating that without completely alienating the Trump backers he'd need in 2024. Would you like to guess number two? Um, Is it, does his middle initial start with a J? It does. It does. I'll Donald take Trump, Trump for a thousand. You win. Former uh, former President Donald Trump is listed number two here, which I'm going to guess if you'd like to go uh, Alex for the Daily Double. What would you guess is number one? Uh, that would be our boy. That's correct. Our, our, our guy, uh, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, is listed as number one. So if the Washington Post is right, it's going to be Joe Biden running against Ron DeSantis, at which point I think the, I, I think, would love I think I mean, from a partisan standpoint, I think that's a no brainer. I think DeSantis would win and win easily. I would love that. What I don't want to see, I don't want a Trump, what we probably will see. I don't because... want Trump Biden again. It's, it's two old men. One who can't move because on. We all smoke from, crack. Yeah. One who can't move on from what he says is a stolen election. Versus a an, an old man who just yesterday at an event asked where someone was, knowing that that someone was dead. Whoops. Yeah. 
Come on. I mean, so, you know, and I guess kind of tying all this back into, you know, some of our listeners who may say, Hey, why are you guys talking about politics? Well, one, it is kind of, it's very interesting to talk about politics, but two, politics matters, especially with regards to, you know, investment portfolios, taxes, all of those things. So it's, I mean, we do have to consider it, think about it, talk about it, even when we're planning. And of course I can't forecast the future, but, but I, some things that I can say is like, Hey, what happens if we do have, um, you know, four more years of a Democrat in the white house. And let's just say that they get one of the chambers or both of the chambers. Um, the estate tax um, exemptions will sunset during that time period, in which case it's going to be a topic of conversation of does it sunset back to the $11 million per per couple? So, uh, you know, $5.5 million per person. Or do the, the Democrats say, well, we need to roll that back a little bit more. And let's say the exemption falls to, you know, two and a half million dollars a person. And a lot of people may go, gosh, I mean, two and a half million dollars is of net worth is something that I'll, you know, I never have. And there's going to be a lot of people who that may be true that, you know, they'll have never have a net worth of two and a half million dollars. But for those people that are out there listening that are business owners um, or you have multiple, you know, you inherited farmland from your you know, grandfather or from your father. And all of a sudden, you know, you look at the farmland valuation and you look at what you have, you know, for saved for your, for your family. And you're looking at a, you know, you've got $5 million of, of, uh, of net worth and where we see it really hurt people. And especially we have a lot of this in Mississippi and then probably in Alabama, I would say Louisiana, the same, uh, you got generations of family land, and homes that get passed down from generation to generation. And, uh, you know, you've got a thousand acres in Grenada, Mississippi, and you've hunted on it your whole life. You never thought, well, what's that thousand acres worth? And then all of a sudden, you know, you talk about maybe, maybe dad dies and you're thinking, okay, well, I'm going to get now this thousand acres just stays in the family, but dad had a, you know, million dollar 401k that's now in his IRA. And let's say that you're, you know, the net worth of, of your dad's estate starts creeping over the $5 million mark. And then the government comes to you and says, you know, or the IRS comes and says, Hey, you uh, owe us 50% of everything that's worth more than, you know, two and a half million or, or 5 million. And all of a sudden now you're having to write a check for, um, you know, for your inheritance, for family land. And that's, that stuff happens, you know, in, in rural places in the South and people don't think about it and plan for it, but that's, that's consequences of elections. Yeah. Look, I, I get the criticism when people do it, but here's why mortgage rate. This is wall street journal. These are the headlines today. Mortgage rates rise to 6.7% highest level right. 2007. That's that's not something that makes people super excited about the economy. Nope. U, U.S. stocks resume decline. Treasury yields rise again. As one hits lows, China shows restraint. 
Investors fear a new phase in bond market turmoil. Um, this is on a day where a massive Category 4, almost Category 5 uh, hurricane ripped through Florida. Um, the first central bank casualty is a headline. Why companies are holding tight to workers despite economic slowdown. U.S. jobless claims fall to five-month low. Um, there's just there's just a lot. Everything is political. Politics yep. impact all of these things. Impacts everything. Um, yeah, and, I mean, and look, and then, uh, and then you have a headline that's, that's, that's been by the editorial board that says Biden's Alzheimer's lapse. I mean, the Wall Ouch. Street Journal, the Wall Street Journal using that word with the sitting president of the United States at Ouch. a time when, hey, there's another story that's out there that's not really in our purview, but it's there. And that is this pipeline, this Nord Stream 2 pipeline. Uh, yeah, Russia's natural gas to Europe. I'm reading from the Wall Street Journal. Just so happens to need maintenance when it really doesn't. Just. I mean, this is this is this is what I'm talking about because this is what's interesting. NATO said that a series of leaks in the Nord Stream pipelines between Russia and Europe were the result of sabotage. NATO mm. says sabotage, mm. and that attacks on its members' infrastructure would be met with a collective response from the military alliance. Wait, are they saying that it was self-sabotage, like that know. Russia did I, it to itself? I'm, I'm reading. Okay. The statement from the North Atlantic Council, the decision-making body of the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, did not provide details or evidence. It also noted that the damage to the pipelines occurred in international waters, but it marks the first time the alliance has formally warned that it would deter and defend against the te- attacks on its members' critical infrastructure following the now four documented leaks in the Nord Stream and Nord Stream 2 pipelines. Listen, here's the problem. The president is on tape saying that they were basically capable, they being the Americans, of rendering Nord Stream 2 useless. The response from the White House when asked about it, she launches into, this is why we've got to continue to We've got to continue to uh, find alternate means of energy. There were well, dude, there were American ships at the time that these leaks were found. There were American ships right around it. Uh, the, so, Russians, the Russians are absolutely denying involvement in the damage to the pipeline. The Kremlin has called it, quote, a terrorist attack, possibly at the state level. Presidential spokesman Dmitry Peskov told reporters Thursday that much more NATO than Russian hardware is in the area where the pipeline leaks have occurred. This area is in the Baltic Sea. There are were many more aircrafts, ship, or other marine vehicles from NATO countries there. So these reports of Russia's involvement are absolutely ridiculous and biased. Well, so I can't imagine that Europe would want to do that to themselves. So I would say that their motives wouldn't be there. Because, I mean, if if the natural gas gets cut off to Europe, I mean, then they're entering winter, are about to be entering winter. 
so it's not the time that they would want to, if, if they were going to try to do that, I would have think they would have done it in, you know, in early spring. Um, but still that's kind of almost, it's like cutting your nose off just because not even in spite of your face, just, just because you wanted to cut your nose off. A normal person just doesn't do that. Uh, and I, and when you were, that's when I asked, like, was it self-sabotage? Cause I mean, I could have almost seen Russia self-sabotage, you know, just to say that, oh, this is why we have to cut it off. We're going to, and, you know, knowing that they're going to give pain to Europe uh, and, and the U S I mean, yeah, sure. Okay. We could render it useless, but then w- it w- that does no good to Europe and our relations with Europe. Mm-mm. But, and all it does is help Russia. It's why, it's why going full circle, I think it's it's very clear that we've got to get away from this these extremist politics. We're, we've got to get back to where the American people have a little trust, and yep. I mean, and maybe it's too late, frankly. I mean, in a scenario, can you imagine a scenario where Trump wins? Can you imagine? I mean, the it'd be civil unrest in our country. Yeah, I mean. Uh, there's, there is, there's so much, you know, Trump is like that. Uh, if there was a, you know, the candy that you eat, that is, that is sweet and sour all at the same time. Like that's, that's really, he is that candy. Cause there was so much stuff that he did that made so much sense for our economy and, you know, and, 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 and commerce and business stuff. And then he follows it up with just, you know, uh, foreign affairs blunders. Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not ready for that again. I mean, if someone says, would you be, if you had to take the the left hook of, you know, awful foreign policy for, um, you know, and, or, or not even awful foreign policy, but just divisiveness for, you know, a good economy, I'd almost be like, can I just have less of both? <laughs> I'd rather just have an okay economy and, you know, and some, and some, and less divisiveness than, than, uh, you know, more of the isolationism that was becoming in place. Well, and here's a story that, that and this is an editorial that, but, and we're starting to wrap up. Um, President Biden on Tuesday claimed credit for a modest decline in Medicare premiums, but he forgot to mention the reason. His administration is rationing a novel Alzheimer's drug. This year, the American people won and Big Pharma lost, the president said in a speech in which he accused Republicans of seeking to gut entitlements and flogged Medicare drug price controls that Democrats are using to pay for $369 billion in new climate spending. But Democrats are the party slashing Medicare via cost rationing. He continued, this morning, we got even more good news about lowering costs. The Department of Health and Human Services announced the premium for Part B will, in fact, decrease this upcoming year, adding that, quote, for years, that fee has gone up. Now, for the first time in more than a decade, it's going to go down. Mr. Biden wants Americans to believe that drug price controls are reducing premiums. But here's the deal. His administration increased Part B premiums by 14.5% this year and blamed the increase on expected high demand for Biogen's Alzheimer's drug, Aduhelm which the Food and Drug Administration approved last summer. It just We're just on and on. We just, we just, 
I, I, I'm reading this and thinking I don't even know who to believe anymore. Yeah, um, my thought was almost like, what's really going on? Like all this stuff to distract us and get us all at unease with each other and not paying attention to what's what's really going on. On one, and, that, and that, I know that really sounds like conspiracy theorist. Well, but, I mean, I, at this point, I think I wonder what's really is, going on. Well, this is one of the problems with there are conspiracies. I mean, that, that are out there. That this is the problem with the people say, why why do people obsess about the laptop, the the Biden, the Hunter Biden laptop? It's not the laptop. It's the fact that the FBI is now, according to whistleblowers, the FBI actively covered it up. Why? So the FBI is getting involved in presidential elections now? That's not a good thing. No. I think the last guy that had state police involved in his politics, uh, you know, incinerated a whole class of people. Just not a great place to go. As our So anyway. No, right, gonna, maybe we'll gonna, learn from Senor Adolf, or maybe not. We'll stop there. We'll uh, we'll be back next week with another edition. We'll be in October. Um, and we'll talk more politics. We'll probably talk more politics because politics and the economy are intertwined. Yeah, it's the wet part of the ocean. Yep. So uh, for Martin Palomo, I'm Neil McCready. Don't forget, you can go to mypinwealth.com, M-Y-P-I-N-N wealth.com to get in touch with Martin and the people there. Many of you have, and we appreciate that. Um. We'll be back next week, like I said. So for Martin, I'm Neil. Take care. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.